Well, welcome, friends, to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. I'm your host, Derek Nevins. Thank you so much for being here, downloading. If you haven't subscribed in Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts, um, you know, Google Music, um, you know, Stitcher or Overcast, whatever your podcast app is, I invite you to do that. Subscribe, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It helps increase our visibility so that other people can find halfway there and be encouraged as well. Thank you for all of that. Today, I have a great guest for you, actually a pair of guests, a couple, um, and I'm excited to just hear their stories. They are recording artists and full-time evangelists, Phelan and Natalie Barthen. Hey guys, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Welcome to Halfway There. I'm so glad to just speak with you and hear your story. Uh, we, we heard you, Phelan. Hi, hi, Natalie. Welcome to Halfway There. Hi, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that uh, you're here as well. So I want to, I, I just kind of gave that super one sentence short uh, introduction of you guys. Uh, why don't you each take just a second to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing now, and then um, then we'll dive into the the past. Okay. Well, we uh, are our Texans, native Texans. We've lived here pretty much all of our lives, and uh, we got married in 2001 and started in our ministry venture together at that time. Um, through the course of the 18 years or 17 years we've been married now, we've had a lot of different things take place uh, as far as our ministry goes. And we were in full-time ministry at our church for almost nine years up until last April. And some things happened. And last September, we decided, you know what, God's calling us to something. So we just took a step of faith and um, continued recording on an album that we had started through the course of that nine-year ministry of music uh, worship album. And we finished that up, released it, and the Lord's just been opening doors for us to go out and minister at different churches. And in kind of an unusual way, not really what I think either of us expected, but he's been having us go and fill in for uh, worship teams or even join in with worship teams to kind of help encourage and how to enter in to the presence of God through worship, how to flow in the spirit through worship rather than just being on a timed schedule and this is how we do it and this is the routine. And so it's been really cool to be able to minister with other groups on their platforms with them and just worship together corporately and um, hopefully leave a little bit of uh, inspiration with them as we leave them to continue on just following the presence of God rather than trying to stay in a routine. So that's kind of what we've been doing for the last year. Yes. And who knows what's going to happen in the next year. We're just following yeah. whatever God tells us to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Phelan, tell us a little bit about, about you. Um, well, I'm a little over the heel now. I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm 43, but. Oh, um, Hey, I just turned 42, man. Don't say that. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I think 40 is a great age. I, I love the 40s. I love the 30s too. But and I'm looking forward to the 50s. So uh, you know we can't stop time, so we have to embrace every moment of it. Um, as far as with with me, uh, do you want to go pre-marriage or do you want to go married? How, how do you want to do that? Well, just tell us a little bit right, right now. I guess I guess you know 
we already have kind of the big big picture of where you are. So, um, yeah, right now, uh, I guess I'm you know just just really seeking the Lord. I mean, uh, you know, we're we're in those places of being pressed but not crushed, <laughs> yeah, type area. Um, you know, when you step out on faith, it's um, it's hard as a, a a husband. It's hard as as a uh, father to you know when when you live your life as a Christian and a, as a believer from you know being saved at seven and and then filled with the Spirit at fifteen and you're walking with the Lord. Not saying that you you don't fall into sin and traps and all, all that stuff along the way, but you know, you're, you're serving the Lord at full-time church, you're doing things, everything's going great, and then all of a sudden, you don't have a job anymore, and so you're out in faith, and uh, that's a that's a hard place to be in. It's a good place to be in, but it's a hard place to be in, and a lot of Christians, you know, we say, well, I'm trusting in God, or I'm having faith in God, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's real easy to quote the scriptures, and it's real easy to... to um, say those things on a platform. It's easy to say those things, uh, you know, with your Christian friends. But then when you get thrown down into the, in the pit of the lion's den, you know, or when you, when you get down into the, the nitty gritty of it, um, it really tests your faith. And, yeah. and so I see a lot of, it's very humbling. So you're asking me where I'm at. I'm at a place of humility right now, um, of fully relying on the Lord every moment of every day uh, in my personal life and in the family life of just supplying our needs, directing our steps, opening doors, you know, you're, you're contacting places and you'll see shut doors. You're going, okay, Lord, you know, how are we going to get out for this next month? How are we going to pay our rent for this next month? And then the Lord in the last minute, the last week, you know, has four places booked for us to go and to sing and minister and, people coming up and saying, the Lord told me to give you this and give you that. And it's just amazing to see God provide in those times. And he's allowing himself to be the father instead of me trying to do it all. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Okay. I can't wait to hear a lot more about that, but let's go back. And I want to hear a little bit about your background. So um, you guys, Natalie, you mentioned that you are both from Texas. Um, Tell us about kind of what your your climate, particularly for you. Did you grow up in a Christian home, or how did you find Christ? I did grow up in a Christian home. My parents are, um, my dad's a full-time pastor, and he has been since I can remember. I don't remember him never being a pastor. Um, so I was, I was that PK that was in church every time the doors were open. And to be completely honest, I don't remember the moment that I gave my life to the Lord when I was younger. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those, that you know, you just go to church your whole life, your parents are in the ministry, and it just happened somewhere along the way, and it wasn't necessarily a defining moment in my life as a young child. Um, when I got into my teenage years, uh, we were in, we moved around quite a bit when I was younger, mostly in the, in Texas, um, moved to Missouri a couple of times or Kansas a couple of times, but most of the time we were in Texas and we ended up planting for the, I guess from fourth grade on, and my parents are still there out in West Texas in a town called Midland. And, uh, that was, that's most of the memories that I have of living and not living a Christian life. 
uh, when I was a teenager, I kind of got wrapped up in some things that I shouldn't have gotten wrapped up in and um, fell into some sin and lived in sin for several years. And this was my later teenage years, probably 18, 19 years old on into my early 20s. And uh, just kind of rebelled a little bit because I had lived in a pastor's home and I always, as a pastor's kid, you always feel like everybody's watching you and they hold you under a microscope, making sure that you're not messing up because you're the pastor's kid and you have to be perfect. And um, if you're not, it's going to go back to your parents. And, you know, all those things play into your mind as a young person coming up in that kind of a home. And as you get older, you realize that none of that was really true, but you put yourself into so much pressure as, as, as a teenager, especially, and um, it's just too much to be able to handle if you're trying to do it on your own. And so I just kind of fell away for a while, and I lived my own life, and then I came back to the Lord when I was about 23 or 24, and... Um, that was the defining moment for me. I can remember the day that I went down to the altar, uh, been out the night before drinking and partying and having a good old time, and then went to church the next morning because that's what I was supposed to do, even in my 20s. Wow. I, I was supposed to, you know, and um, so my even, dad was up and wait, preaching. Wait, hold on, because I just want to punctuate that point, because so even though you were, you know, if no, sort of intentionally walking away, you're still, you went to church because that was a thing that you had to do. And you said yeah. you're still there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was up on the platform many times. I grew up on the worship team and singing on the worship team yeah. as just a young girl. I mean, I remember being preaching up there, singing on the platform. And even when I was walking in sin, I would still get up there on the platform and sing. And I mean, just completely away from God. But at the same time, up on the platform pretending to worship because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. And I had to keep this cover on. And, uh, until one day just God got a hold of my heart and I made my way up down to that altar and just, you know, finally said, all right, I can't do this anymore. I've got to pick one way or the other and I pick you God. And so I walked away from that lifestyle. I talked to my dad about it and we kind of all agreed at the time. My dad was, um, I remember this too. It was the time that my dad had had some heart problems and he actually ended up having a heart attack, but he was one of those God fearing, God's going to heal me kind of people. So he just stayed home and had the prayer team at the church just being constant intercessory prayer for him to be healed. And he was laying on his bed and we were talking and he said, I will send you away to school, to a Christian school. If you want to go, this is your opportunity. And I said, I'll take it. And so he sent me up here to uh, Waxahachie here in Texas, and it was a Assemblies of God school. And um, I've, I've been serving the Lord ever since. I just walked away from that lifestyle and dove right into God and what he had for me. And once we moved up here, I, or once I moved up here in 2001, um, January of 2001, and by July of 2001, Phelan and I were married. Gotcha. Well, well, take us to that moment. Like, what was it about that that day that made you say, "I'm I'm going to give up all of this"? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Well, but but it like, was just, you know, was it something they said? Was it something that like came to mind, or like what 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 was it that just made you go, 
I'm going. Honestly, I can't remember the exact the exact thing that was going on. I just remember I remember being miserable. I remember going out and doing my own thing and living how I wanted to live and then going to church and just being miserable. I wasn't happy. I was trying to I was trying to be happy doing the things I was doing, but I just wasn't happy. And I just remember that the Holy Spirit just grabbed a hold of my my heart that morning. I, I couldn't tell you what was preached. I couldn't tell you the songs that were sung. I couldn't tell you anything. I just know that I remember the feeling of, I can't keep doing this. I can't, this is not making me happy. This is not fulfilling my desires. And I know what will fulfill my desires because I was raised in it. And I've seen it and I've, I've felt the manifestation of the Lord on me on so many occasions mm-hmm. when I was younger. And so I knew what that was like, and I knew that I was just walking in junk when I could be walking in greatness from God. And so I just I, I just decided to make a turn right there, and I kind yeah. of, you know, deleted, for the lack of a better way of putting it, we did, I didn't really have a cell phone back then, but I deleted all of my friends. Um, pretty much just walked away from him and started walking on a new road. Cause you know, you can't keep the same friends that you had while you were running in the world and expect to be able to run with God. You've got to lay some things down and you can't hold on to the world and to God. So I just laid down everything and walked away from it and cut ties and just let him lead where he wanted me to go. And I couldn't have made a better decision that day. Yeah, I love that. Are you? You mentioned you went to an assembly of God's school. Is that your denomination? Is that where you grew up in? I grew up in an AG church. Yes, okay, my dad's cool. pretty much always been an AG pastor. Uh, now Phelan and I go to non-denominational oh, yeah. churches, but uh, my dad's still an AG pastor there in Midland. Yeah, cool. Interesting. Well, I, I, thanks for sharing that experience. I'm actually kind of excited about that um, because one of my missions is to prove that even though we have all these denominational differences and theological differences, the Lord works the same everywhere. Um, and I, so I, I appreciate you you sharing that. Sure. Thank you. Uh, okay. So Phelan, sorry, I almost said feeling again. Uh, I got to get that right You're in my fine. head. Uh, Phelan. So tell us your story about uh, kind of how you came, came to Christ and what that was like. At the age of seven, my it's kind of funny because you marry your opposite, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, as, as she was telling her story, I'm going, wow, that's totally different, you know? Yeah. But uh, that's, that's a good thing. So when I was, uh, my dad was not an Assembly God pastor. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably the farthest thing from it. Um, he was uh, Korean War era, and... Uh, did not want to have anything to do really with God at all. Um, my mom, she became a Christian probably, uh, and I might get the dates wrong, but probably around when I was uh, a, a little baby, if not, uh, maybe not even born, but she started going to church and uh, Assembly God Church. But we started, as I got older, she started going to a Baptist church. We went to a First Baptist church here uh, close to town, and um, around seven years old, I don't know what the pastor was preaching. All I know is that uh, I was in tears, and I wanted to give my life to the Lord. 
Um, so I went down to the altar, and that's when I gave my life to the Lord at seven, and uh, heart to the Lord at least at seven. And I remember the youth pastor even taking me back into the office, explaining it again. I was still in tears, and he led me uh, to the Lord again just to make sure that I understood everything at seven years old. Um, and really just kind of served the Lord from then all the way up. Um, when I was around the age of, of 15, I went to a fall retreat, and it was um, it was actually my first time at a youth camp. And that's when I experienced the power of, of the Holy Spirit and was filled with the Spirit. Um, and that was a totally new thing. It was totally different, but it was just yeah. 100% real and amazing. It, it was crazy, and um, that changed my life even more. It gave me more... Um, more focus, more direction. Yeah. Uh, hey, well, so take us into that because, uh, so for, that's a little different in the assembly of God from where I, like where I grew up, for instance, um, cause uh-huh. you guys like the, the feeling of the spirit is like a whole different experience, right? Yes, it is. So uh, because where I come from, we believe that you're filled with the spirit when you, when you believe, and so a secondary experience isn't necessarily required, but I think in that circle, it kind of is pretty common, right? It is pretty common. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people put put the emphasis on it so much to where, you know, hey, you're not going to heaven if you're not filled with the Spirit. And that's, that's totally untrue. Yeah. Um, you know, what basically what, what I see in the Bible, and, and I'm really not— a denomination. I just, I'm, I'm just a Christian. I mean, I've been to Baptist, I've been to Assembly of God, I've been non-denominational. Uh, I've been around the Catholic, you know, ministering Catholic churches, Methodist churches. So I've seen a lot of the good things in all the churches. But as far as the Holy Spirit part of it, um, when I was young, my mom would take us to these big convention centers, and I'm not going to mention the guy's name. Uh, but they were big conventions. And I remember one of the ushers coming up and laying hands on people, just walking by and praying. And I was probably around five at that time. And when he put his hand on my head, there was something that I had never experienced before. And I wasn't sure what it was, but it was different. It, it wasn't just a person putting their hand on the head. I mean, it was the power. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit, but I just didn't know at five years old, what do you do? You know? Yeah, right. Uh, so when when we hit 15 years old and I, now I'm at a uh, youth camp and they say, Hey, who in here's been filled with the, with the spirit. And of course I'm in the dorm room with our dorm counselor. And, uh, I'm the only one who did not raise my hand. He looked at me and he said, well, this <laughs> Friday you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, wow. So I'm like, oh, no. If you can imagine your first day at camp and you're waiting and you're waiting for four days going, Man, I had no clue what's about to happen. You know, you're kind of scared the whole time. Uh, and then, then at the last day of camp, of course, he turns around during the altar call, and he looks at me like, you better get down here. And I, I, I loved it. I, I, I'm so glad for that man. I, 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 I thank the Lord for him because that was the push that I needed, uh, you know. And, and when we went down there and the Lord, uh, you know, they laid hands on me. There was no pushing, no weird stuff. Um I was just filled with the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, kind of where we get that from Scripture is the fact that there are a lot of people, you know, feel when you're when you're saved, you're filled with the Spirit. But then, of course, Acts, you everybody knows Acts chapter 2 and chapter 3. But as you go on, 
you know, Paul would be walking down the road and he'd see some disciples and he would, he would say, Hey, have you been filled with the spirit? And they'd say, what's that? You know, they were saved, they were baptized, but they had no clue what the infilling was. And so Paul would pray over them and they would receive the Holy Spirit. So that's where we get that second baptism uh, from. And, and I'm a, I'm a firm hundred percent believer on it. I'm, I, I do believe that, but that, that kind of changes things in your, in your life. It's, it's a different feel. Yeah, absolutely. That That's interesting. That's, that's, um, there's a certain group in X-19 where Paul asked that and that's, it, there's a lot of debate about kind of what does that mean, but yeah, that's, it is interesting. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in it from your experience. So just for the record, I don't really care about the nominations necessarily, but I do care about, um, the different, the ways that different, um, Christians have experiences with God. And so that, thank you for sharing your experience. That's, it's totally outside of mine, but, um, I love it. I love it. I think that's really cool. Um, to just have heard the the experience. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, okay. So you guys, so then you guys, so you had these experiences. Tell us about, um, Natalie, we'll go back to you. What, what were some, I guess maybe you started to share a little bit, some of your, um, you know, learning experiences and how you started to go deeper. You went to the assembly of God school, you know, was that, was that a period of kind of learning and, and taking your faith deeper for you? Well, uh, it probably would have been if I had stuck with it. But like I said, I got married in July, and so I never went back. <laughs> um, gotcha. I only went for one semester to, to that school. But um, I would have to say that, you know, okay, so we were married in 2001, and I was five, I think, when I got married. So I just told my age. <laughs> um, and of course, I was living for the Lord. I was I was a Christian, you know, all this stuff, but I didn't really have as close of a relationship with him as a lot of other 25-year-olds who walk with the Lord their whole life have. Um, I would probably say, honestly, and this is going to sound almost terrible, but I have grown more in this past year and learned more about who God is in this past year than I probably ever have known my whole life. Um, like Salem was saying earlier, whenever you, okay, so we were worship leaders at our church for almost nine years. And so we would get up on the platform. And of course, I don't get me wrong. I, like I said, I was serving the Lord. I was seeking after him. I was doing all the right things. But a lot of times my, uh, the order of everything would get kind of, Caddy Wampus, it was our job to be the youth pastors, and it was our job to be the worship pastors. So it was, it was a different experience for us up there. So I mean, I grew a lot at that church, and the experiences that we had, and the moments that heaven came down and touched us, and just seeking after Him. But this past year, uh, when we found ourselves without a job and without some of our best friends that we had for all those years and just kind of abandoned by all of these people that we trusted and that, that encouraged us for so long, we really didn't have a choice, but to just walk on to God with everything we had. And, you know, like he said, being without a job and, not knowing where the finances are going to come from, but still knowing that we're called to ministry and 
not really knowing what that's going to look like anymore because we're used to church ministry full time and getting a paycheck every month and all this stuff. But God really has stretched me this past year with really depending on him and testing my faith and um, showing me where I'm weak in my own spiritual self and showing me where I need to work on uh, areas harder and um, grow deeper with him and learn more about him. And so that's probably, like I said, it probably sounds really pathetic to think that I've been in church all these years and to say that I've grown more this past year than I ever have over my 40 plus years of life. But it really is true. When you get thrown into that position, you really don't have a choice but to just look up and say, okay, God, (laughs) here I am. and You're just going to have to lead me where you want me. And I mean, it's, it's just been an amazing ride. It's been a scary ride at times. But he's never let us down. He's always provided. He's drawn me closer to him. He's strengthened me. Um, he's made me a better mom and hopefully a better wife and a better in the ministry. And it's just been it's been a really cool roller coaster ride this past year. Yeah, you know. So first of all, I want to affirm you and just say uh, I think that experience is is pretty normal. Um, you know, I, without going into my whole spiel about how we define spiritual maturity, uh, I think a lot of us define it as um, how much you know and how much you do, right? But right. spiritual maturity is really how much you trust the Lord and how intimate your relationship is with Him. And so what I'm hearing from you is you've had this kind of crisis in the last year of sorts, and uh, and you're having to trust God in ways you never had before, and that's that's calling from you a faith that you didn't know you had. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I love that, and so I hope it's encouraging to hear me say that that's pretty normal, and that a lot of times you have to step out in order to to get that kind of a relationship with Him. Yeah. Is yeah. there is there an example of a of a way that you could look at, or maybe a story where you could you could look at and go? this is a moment when I learned to trust in the last year. Oh my gosh. Like I know the (laughs) the season is one thing, but like take us into one moment. One moment where we learned to trust. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, Man, off the top of my head, it's hard because it all compacts together. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You got a full year of just compacting together, but, um, well, I, I mean, I know that when we had left, I had kind of panicked at one point and went and grabbed a job that I don't want to say I wasn't supposed to have because I think that the Lord supplied, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be there for a long time. And it was really, really a dreadful uh, a dreadful place to work. And I would come home from work and just lay down and go, oh, there's got to be something better. And I get up in the morning and I pray, you know, that, you know, Lord, you called us to full-time ministry. We know that, but I'll do what you want me to do. You know, I'll go where you want me to go. If this is what you want, we'll do it. And then coming back, you know, after work, I was going, Lord, please get me out of this place. <laughs> yeah. You know? but, but there came a time to where my wife and I were talking and, and it just got to the point to where it's like, you know what? We know we're called full-time ministry. So she said, Faith, why don't you just quit the job and wait on the Lord? and see what the Lord has planned. 
And so I said, fine, you know, we'll do it. But I still had hesitations as, as the husband, you know, you want to take care of your family. And so uh, I went there and gave my, or I went there and I was supposed to give my week's notice. But then I came home and didn't because I wanted to wait some things out. And then that night, a pastor was on the TV speaking, saying, you know, if the Lord has told you to do something, you need to go ahead and do it and stop hesitating. And I was like, well, that's definitely for us. So I went back the next week or the next day and put in my week's notice. And um, once that week was gone, there was just a weight that was lifted. When I pulled out of that parking lot, the weight that was lifted let me know that we were exactly where we needed to be doing what we needed to be doing. Where were we going? Not a clue. <laughs> um, how we were going to get provided for? Don't have a clue. But there was that trust. There was that first spark of trust. Of, you know what? I'm going to let God handle this. If he can, you know, I was praying this morning and, um, one of the phrases that came to me, and I got it written down, but as I was praying to the Lord, one of the phrases that came to me while I was praying was, what is it to you? And, you know, I'm thinking of God parting the Red Sea, and I'm going, if the Lord can part the Red Sea and pull two million out of Egypt from slavery, what is it to you, Lord, that you can't provide for us? What is it, you know, that you can't deliver us? What is it that you can't, uh, you know, cause us to be to be blessed? You know, what is it to you? Is your arm too short? And, you know, back then, I think the Lord reminded me of that. Is, you know what? I've, I've got this taken care of. Uh, and, of course, our fear and our flesh and everything else comes into play that we've got to continually cast down and to allow the Lord to trust in that moment. Because there's no, really nothing to him. He can do it. So I think that moment of leaving, pulling out of that parking lot it is a moment for me of, full reliance on the Lord, and, and the Lord just took that weight off and that burden that, Phelan, you don't have to do this, I'll do it. Wow. Yeah, that's an incredible moment of trust. So how have you seen God actually do it from there? <laughs> wow, we've got a notebook. We've got two notebooks of things well, written down from week to week. Well, give us a story or two from the notebook. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, I will say, I will say one thing. There was a couple of, there's been more than a couple. I mean, I'm telling you, we don't have, we don't have a paycheck that comes in every month. We don't have promises of money from month to month. We have rent to pay. We have bills to pay. We have kids to take care of. And we don't know day to day where that money's coming from. And there was a couple of months ago that we were at church and um it was just a i think a few days away from the first of the month that we weren't far from the first of the month and we didn't have any money for rent yet it was it was nowhere to be found we had nothing coming up for ministry opportunities uh we were on the phone constantly trying to get places booked to go minister and couldn't get in anywhere and uh you know, I would just keep telling Phelan, he's like, I don't know where the money's coming from. Don't worry about it. It's not your job. It's God's going to take care of it. God take care of it. Well, there was a Sunday morning that um, Phelan had gone down to the altar during the service for prayer for a completely different situation. And uh, the pastor had come up to him and asked him, 
do y'all, are y'all doing okay financially? Or ask something about finances. And he said, man, it's just a day-to-day walk. God just takes care of us from one moment to the next. We don't know where it's coming from. Well, that happened to be a what they call their Mission Sunday. And their Mission Sunday, they were going to take an offering up for a specific situation at the church, a specific, uh, putting a new um, drive down, new asphalt down or something for the parking lot. But he, the pastor got up there and he said, I just can't, I can't take an offering up for this here to make our property look better and nicer when I know that there's people in the congregation that are in need. He said, there's two people that God's put on my heart this morning, or no, last night. He said, last night while I was out driving around, there were two people that God had put on my heart. And we're going to take up an offering for them today. So he calls this lady down who had had her air conditioning go out. And mind you, we're in Texas. This yeah. was, I think, in July that this happened. And her air conditioning at her house had gone out. From what I understand, her husband was uh, ill, if I'm not mistaken. I, I Don't quote me on that, but I think. And then he said, um, he said, the other people I want to call down is Phelan and Natalie. And I mean, it just kind of knocked us both back. We had... We had not said anything to him, you know, about our financial situation. All he knew was what he asked Phelan during the altar time just a few minutes prior. Um, and he said, you know, they, they're they in full-time ministry, this and that. I don't know what their situation is, but God just told me that they need to be down here and we need to take up an offering for them. And at that moment, there was just like this, there was this peace that came over me personally because it wasn't... It wasn't necessarily that I was worried about where the money was going to come from. I always knew that God would take care of it. But for me, it was more of, okay, God, I came from a place, a church that I was really grounded in, that was my family, that I loved, that, you know, we had relationship and all this different stuff, and we were plucked out of there, and now we were going to this other church that we felt he called us to, for restoration, but it was a bigger church. It wasn't, it wasn't the same feel when you come from a small church and you're all family and then you go into this other church and you don't really have that family intimacy yet. And for me, it was more of God saying, I see you and they see you. And whether you have that relationship with them yet or not, or that closeness with them yet or not, this is your family and they love you and they want to take care of you. And so that was a real defining moment for me um, when that took place, because, you know, like, like I said, and like I told my mom afterwards, when I was talking to her about it, I said, it just let me know that God hasn't forgotten about me. He still remembers that we're here. He still remembers that we need something. And just because it's coming in a way that we're not expecting, doesn't mean that it's not coming from God. And uh, so that was a moment for me personally that I could see that God was continuing on to let us know that we could trust him and that he was going to take care of us and not let us down. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. Wow. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's just really kind of overwhelming, isn't it? It was very overwhelming. Yes. It was very, I, yeah, we were kind of in shock and I, there were so many emotions, I think, I know on my side that were going through me. It was just, 
it was overwhelming. That's yeah. a good word for it. You, you know what I think too that I heard from you because sometimes some of us will say, "Oh, you know, we got to trust God," and then act like we don't have to do anything. We don't, like this isn't a partnership. But it sounds like right. you guys are constantly out there, you know, looking for people or, or places that you can yeah. you can go and uh, yeah. and minister. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So you can have faith that something's going to happen. But if you're not going out there and trying to make something, not trying to make it happen, we know God's behind it. But if we're not at least showing him that we're willing to do what we need to do, yeah. then faith. You've got to, you've got to have the faith and the works together. Yeah. Well, there's something about too. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot for a variety of reasons, but there's something about putting yourself out in the world, right. And saying, um, you know, even though, well, saying this is how God made me, this is what God's made me to give. And then it's scary to kind of put yourself out there and, and let that be in some ways judged or perceived by other people because you're you know, afraid of judgment, but to do so faithfully is a, is a real spiritual kind of a thing. Yeah. Yes. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So tell us a little bit about, so I guess it kind of, I feel like I have a good picture of kind of where, where you guys are today. Um, you know, I usually ask a question about, um, kind of a, the dark night of the soul or, you know, feeling like God's abandoned you. Um, I don't know if you guys have any stories like that. If you've been through a period like that, I'd be interested in hearing about it. Uh, feeling, but have, have you ever had a time like that? I feel like you're being abandoned. Yeah. Um, you know, not really. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you wonder, I know for me, sometimes I wonder why the Lord answers me in one area, but he I don't feel like he answers me in another area. Yeah. And the other area, you know, I might be praying, praying for more, you know, um, you know, we were talking about stepping out on faith and, uh, every morning, you know, I get up and I'll, I'll, I go to my, my prayer time. I get in the car and I, of course the school's not there anymore, but I was going to the school and just praying outside. And, um, for a year now, I mean, I've got stuff written down to where I would pray something, and then the next Sunday, the pastor would preach on it. And I would pray something, and the next Sunday, the pastor. So much to the point where I told Natalie, I said, this is crazy. Everything I'm praying, this guy's preaching on, which lets me know that the Lord is trying to talk to me about something. And uh, one time, I was I was walking around on the playground, and I grabbed a small acorn, and I said, okay, Lord, I said, these are my plans. These are my purposes. This is what I'm I'm desiring. But I said, I'm going to bury this because I don't want my plans. I want your plans. And I picked up a bigger acorn. Um, and I said, I want, I want your plans because they're bigger. And you can do exceedingly abundantly of all that we can ask or think. So I'm going to bury mine and, and I'm yours. I, I want what you have. And then the next Sunday, our pastor gets up and he's preaching and he pulls out acorns, you know, and he says that, that our acorn seed must die so that we can get the greater things of God, you know. And I'm just going, have mercy. Down to the acorn, Lord. You know, you're speaking. <laughs> wow. You're speaking to me to the acorn. And we got these acorns still in our living room uh, in, in, a, in a cabinet so we can see them. It's just amazing. But then, 
On the other hand, you know, we fight our personal struggles, our personal sins and our habits and all these addictions and different things that everybody has um, and that we go through. And you're going, okay, Lord, you know, I need to be delivered from this. Okay, Lord, I need I need a way out of this. I need a way of escape. I need blah, 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 blah. You know, and you're praying and you're praying and you're seeking and you're seeking. And then you see all these other people that will come up and tell you that they've been delivered from the same thing or, you know, things are changing in their life in this area and that area. And it's the same area that you are praying for. You're wondering why God's not answering in you in one area, but he's answering you in the next area. Um, and that's a struggle for me personally. Um, but at the same time, I, I believe that the Lord will stress the more important things. So if I keep my eyes on him uh, and I keep focused on him and keep reading his words, seeking him, uh, I figure the Lord's going to work all the rest of that out. So, you know, you might feel abandoned, but at the same time, God's always there. He says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. He told Joshua that, you know, he said, Joshua, I want the word of God in your eyes. I want it coming out of your mouth. I want it going before you and you will be prosperous and I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So as long as we're keeping the word of God in our eyes, speaking the word of God, um, doing our best to love on him and have a relationship with him. Um, you know, God's going to work all the other stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a hundred percent true. That's a pretty, a really powerful story about, uh, you know, the preaching and the way God was kind of letting you know that, that you've been, you've been heard by him. Um, yeah. that's, that's really Cool. I think sometimes we are tempted to chalk those things up to coincidence, and um, I think that does a disservice to God and what what He's doing for us. Yes, sir. Uh, okay. Well, I want to just make sure that people know how they can connect with you um, if if they were interested in either hearing more, hearing some of your music. We didn't we didn't talk about that a ton, but I know you guys are you're traveling around. I guess we did um, and sharing your music. Um, you you're YouTube channel is is cool. I've been watching some of those to just take a look and hear some of your some of your music. Um, so hopefully, uh, friends, I've put a link in the the um, show notes at the at the archives. You can just go to halfwaytherepodcast.com and get that and check out uh, their Feeling and Natalie's music. Um, so definitely do that. Anything else you like? We need to say about about that or other places to connect with you guys? Uh, we have a website that is actually in the works right now. Um, it's not up and running yet, but uh, our nephew actually is working on it to get it set up for us. Where will that so be? Right now, I'm sorry? Where, what's the, where will that be? Do you know what your URL is? I do not know. He, no. <laughs> okay, that's okay. I just wanted to ask because... As far as I know... Uh, we're we have a ministry that we started about three years ago, but we just got it um as an organization and a five oh one C three within the past month and it's called Strong Tower eight eighteen. And it's a youth and young adult ministry where we just train kids and um teach them the word of God, teach them everyday life skills, um, disciple them the best that we can, mentor them, things like that. And as far as I know, the website is probably going to be Tower 818, but I don't 
I don't know that for sure yet because I haven't talked to him about about how he's setting all that up. But for right now, people can the best way for people to contact us is uh, on our Facebook page, and that would be Phelan and Natalie Music. So they can find us on Facebook and Shorty YouTube. Perfect. But that, yeah, that would be the best place for them to get us right now until that website's up. Awesome. Well, I will put those links in the show notes so that friends, you can pick them up. And uh, if you want to hear their music, you can find them on YouTube. The best way to find that is just go to the show notes and, and grab it. So, wow. Both of you, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate hearing your story, hearing God's faithfulness in your lives. And uh, you're you're just stepping out in faith. Um, it sounds like probably not not what you would have done uh, on your own, but that God is really doing some cool things through you anyway. Yes. Yes. Amen. Wow. Thanks a lot for being here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey friends, are you looking for a new kind of Bible study as you start out the year? Do you want to read your Bible a lot more often and not feel guilty about it when you forget or you skip a day or two? Have you ever started a new Bible study and then given up a few a week or less later? What if I told you that this is normal and your lack of motivation or engagement is about the study and not because you don't love Jesus? You really just need an experience that matches where you are in the journey. So I want to tell you about 8-Day Experience, which is my brand new series of Bible experiences that I designed just for you. You could call it a devotional, but it's not like anything you've done before. 8-Day Experience digs deep into one passage. The first one is Mark 1, 40-45, Jesus' experience with a leper. It's small, but it's packed full of insight. It lets you work on your own schedule. Never again feel guilty for not finishing a study on time. It works just as well on 8 consecutive days or once per week. It's also packed full of thought-provoking questions, guaranteed to make you think all day, not just during quiet time. And of course, there's a free Facebook group so that you can have community and encouragement. You're not on your own. The best part is it's affordable. It's only $7.97. That's less than a dollar per day. So if you're looking for a new kind of study or a new kind of Bible experience, as you start the new year, visit halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience halfwaytherepodcast.com slash eight day experience. I want you to pick it up, give it a try. Let me know how it goes until next time, friends, keep the faith.